This is Chris Wolf, and you are listening to the PNG Podcast. Keep your limbs inside of the vehicle, and they will not be eaten. I'm kidding. We'll all be eaten one day. to the Pencil Night Geeks podcast. Tagging in your inner wrestling geek. I am your host, Berto Ponce. And I am Elaine DeLalis. And in the booth we have our friend Projay. Hey everyone. Hi. And today's guest. Salvador Camarillo. Ooh. Say my name correctly. Alberto Ponce. Yeah, thank you. I can say it correctly. Alberto Ponce. <laughs> 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 that was very forceful. <laughs> Say my name correctly. <laughs> I have that power. <laughs> and he's the quietest one in the room, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's the quiet ones, man. Yeah, today we're, uh, we got Salen because he's going to give us an uh, introduction to Lucha Libre. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you what I know, I guess you could say. Yeah, I mean, I... <clears throat> Like most of my uh, Lucha Libre watching is, I mean, it started maybe WCW okay. during the Cruiserweight era, uh, like Lucha Underground recently. Mm-hmm. I'd tune in on weekends. Like I'd watch. I didn't know what was happening. Okay. Um, Why didn't you know what was happening? Uh, I mean, you could figure out kind of who the bad guys. Was it because it was in Spanish? Like the commentary? A was little bit. Like it moves pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Like you, have you ever watched Lucha Libre on weekends? I don't think so. Like it's it's fun, it's entertaining. Yeah. Like you, like I said, you can catch on pretty quickly. But I mean, maybe storyline wise, that's when I stuff I didn't get. Mm. Your high yeah. school Spanish wasn't enough. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, for me, it was a little bit different that I got into Lucha Libre. Mm-hmm. It was, I was growing up, and you know, my dad being a native from Mexico he would try to find or he would find things in Spanish that I could watch and he could watch with me. Um, and so it just ha- he just turned on a Santo movie at the time, which he's one of the pop most popular masks in Mexico. Mm. Um, let's just say Disney had him in Coco. He's, oh, okay. he's yeah, a yeah, silver yeah. mask, you know, at the party. Oh. So yeah, yeah. that's who I grew up watching. And then, of course, Blue Demon, who was another popular wrestler or luchador in Mexico. So it was interesting. I grew up watching the movies. And one day on my own, I was actually flipping through channels. You know, like we had an old school TV. So when I mean flipping, <laughs> I was flipping. Not, the you dial. Know, the, yeah. <laughs> so and I stumbled onto a transmission of Lucha Libre. And ever since then, I just... um just went and fell in love with it so in a sense it was it was new to me too when i saw it so just to stumble like you what channel was it on 
I want to say it, it, there wasn't that many, so I remember no. it was like thirty-four Univision, yeah. Univision or fifty-two Telemundo, Telemundo. Yeah. <laughs> and then you had Channel Twenty-Two, which I mean that came on in the early nineties. That oh, I didn't know. So that. I just remember like for me like Saturday morning Spanish like programming is just Sabado Gigante. <laughs> so when you guys are saying like I looked for a lucha and I'm like. But Sabado Gigante was on for 10 hours. How did you find anything else? It was on after that. <laughs> <laughs> that w- Lucha Libre was a commercial for Sabado Gigante. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, would, it would be 10 hours straight than the one-hour commercial of Lucha Libre. <laughs> That's so. why I missed it. <laughs> um, so was your grandfather a fan of wrestling? Too? No, my uh, my dad, oh, no. Dad? Actually, my dad wasn't even a sport guy, to be honest with you. He oh. just, like I said, he was just looking for appropriate things for me to watch, you know. That and wrestling felt. was appropriate? Well, I mean, in the movies, you know. Oh, uh, in the movies. Yeah, okay. Santo is the face, whether he was in the mm-hmm. ring or in the movie. He was the the guy. Got it. So, you know, he was battling zombies or uh, what, Dracula. What's a Santo movie that you remember that I should look up? Ooh, there's plenty of them, but I'm going to say Santo and Blue Demon en la Atlantidad, okay. which basically it's them in the Bermuda Triangle. You know, oh, that and, sounds fun. Um, And then Santo and Blue Demon uh, contra Dracula y el Hombre Lobo. I was actually watching that the other day. And it's one of those movies that you're like, oh, this is a B movie, but why did I enjoy it so much? Because it's a B movie. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Are these movies available with uh, English subtitles? Yes, actually, yes. Sweet. Are so, they on Netflix? You know what? I haven't been able to find them on Netflix. Mm, interesting. Maybe uh, Prime? I don't well, know. Maybe. Think something to look up. Um. So he felt, you know, he was always the the good guy, and then... He ended up teaming, Santo ended up teaming in a movie with a comedian by the name of Capulina, Mexican comedian, which I also watched. So there in those movies, that's how I fell in love with the lucha. And so it wasn't that it was more appropriate, I guess. It was just the fact that they made him look appropriate. Mm. It uh, yeah. looks like some of the movies are on Amazon. Yeah. Nice. Are they? Thank yeah. you. Nice. I, you know, I've, I haven't seen any of these movies, mm-hmm. but I do know that the luchadors would wear their mask in the movies mm-hmm. like was there ever a point like unless they lost the mask in a match mm-hmm. um were they was there ever a point that they would be in public without the mask like after the career is over the luchador never well back in the day it was kind of like here in wwe when they try to protect the uh, everything behind the scenes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so if a luchador was making was making a public appearance he would don the mask yeah if he's doing his everyday life, you would never see him. Even you wouldn't know who he was because they just hide it, hide you know. With they could be in the so grocery well. store and I wouldn't know who yeah, he was. Exactly. It's not like Rey Mysterio right now who has lost the mask and you know. And but WCW. I still don't know what he looks like to be honest. Like I don't remember. <laughs> he's always wearing contacts and like. Uh, yeah, if he took off that mask, I'd be like, who's that dude? I don't know who that dude is. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess you have to really follow yeah. that wrestler. Oh, I guess, like, if he's, like, a jacked 60-year-old, I'd be like, are you Rey Mysterio? He's <laughs> 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 a giant 619 <laughs> Are you Rey Mysterio? <laughs> well, you don't remember when he lost his mask, he grew horns? <laughs> that's right, he did, yes, yes. I think that's how you would identify him, <laughs> by the horns. 
the horns and wasn't he wearing like red contacts at one point like super red contacts oh, probably yeah i know that always changed so but yeah I, going back to your original thought it's very rare that you would see a, a luchador and say hey that's you know el santo el santo didn't actually show his face in public uh for the people to see until maybe four or five years before he actually passed away oh he, wow and it was in the national TV, and I mean, he did a quick 30 seconds, lift up the mask, zoom in, and zoom out, and that was it. That was the only time. What was the reaction? Like, did the people freak out? Uh, you know, the audio I've heard, it was just, they applauded, because I don't know if they enjoyed just him, you know, removing that mask, because yeah. he was, I guess, that was his persona. That's who yeah. they knew. Yeah. yeah. That was the human behind the mask, I guess. So it was more appreciation than anything else. Nice. Uh, how long ago was that? Well, he passed away 84, so it was oh. somewhere in the early 80s. So Kefe was still alive at that point. Yes, it still was. It feels like with the Lucha wrestlers, though, like folks who have the mask, they are still kayfabe. Yeah. Like, like Sasha Banks like hangs out with people in the lucha house party and whenever i watch like her instagram or her insta stories she covers up their faces with like a sticker yeah. or something like that so it yeah. seems like people respect like the the lucha history and whatnot the only person i know who took off his mask and who wrestles to this day is like andrade because on new japan he had a mask yeah oh. he was Alberto Del Rio had a mask. Oh, oh he did? Mexico. Oh, see, I yeah. didn't know that. Okay. He was those Scottish Jr. Oh. In Mexico, and then he got signed into WWE as Alberto. I mean, he, but look he at He also their fought face. Mirko Krokop in Pride as Dos Caras. <laughs> <laughs> he did? Yeah. With the mask? Yeah. How did I that go for mask? him? Very badly for him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he got head kicked, and then you could see the blood coming out of the mask. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. gross. I, I knew he was doing MMA, but I never saw what Why turned out of it. Why would you do it with a mask? Because the Japanese mafia <gasps> paid them. That's oh, is that really? <laughs> Why? Yeah, the Yakuza like had a hand in Pride Fighting Championships. It just <laughs> wow. seems very like you would have no peripheral vision, and if you're doing something like that, you would probably want that. He definitely yeah. didn't see that head kick coming. So. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, with Andrade, I always was like... Because I was watching him in New Japan, and mm -hmm. I was like, oh, look at that guy. And yeah. then when he came on uh, NXT, I was like, whoa, look at that guy. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason they don't want the mask on him. <laughs> I was like, yes, thank you. <laughs> Charlotte Flair is a very lucky woman, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I wonder if there's ever been a case of like, hey, you, please put on a mask. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about Rey Mysterio? <laughs> <laughs> put it back on. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. I And Silver King, I mean, may he rest in peace, who actually just passed away That's right, recently. Yeah. Um, he took off the mask in WCW when he came over and he wrestled it in Mexico. I know, I believe he lost it once and he wore it in Japan again when he would go back there. He, he was the wrestler in Nacho Libre. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was so funny when I saw that. I was like, I know this dude. Like, I knew. Like, I just knew the build. Yeah. But I didn't know why. And then you just said it. Like, he wrestled yeah. in WCW. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, that's why you knew that dude. Because <laughs> yeah. you saw that guy before. Ramses, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and he was a great wrestler along with his brother, who actually comes from another stable. They're 
their dad was uh, Dr. Wagner. He was the original. Oh, Wagner. shut up. Yeah. Oh. He was. And then, you know, now you have Dr. 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 Wagner Jr. Jr. Who's like 100 years old. And yeah. they're like, yo, how do you have a junior name? Yeah. <laughs> and then you have uh, Hijo de Dr. Wagner, who I actually had the pleasure of meeting oh, years nice. back. So, um, but he yeah. couldn't be Dr. Wagner Jr. Jr. <laughs> right. <laughs> Come on, that's just written in there. The third. <laughs> the third would have worked. What would that be in Spanish? Tercero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dr. Tercero. Wagner Tercero. Yeah. Yeah. I guess El Hijo, the Dr. Wagner, is like, oh, okay, it's a little more. But you got to add the junior, though, because he is he, oh, he actually El, oh, has El a Ijo. junior. Oh, that's true. El Hijo, the Dr. Wagner Jr. Yeah. All right. So you got to add the junior in there. Yeah, because he was on um, Lucha Underground. Yeah. And I would just be like, yo, that dude's awesome. And then I Googled him. And I'm like, yo, that dude's like 85 <laughs> years old. What the hell is he doing? Yeah. So, like, uh, with that mask, that, like, it's a lineage like mm-hmm. uh, of the name kind of being passed on. Right. But also still having your own identity. Mm-hmm. Is there any case where... Like in Japan, there's been several versions of Tiger Mask. Mm-hmm. It's different wrestlers, but under the same mask or version of that mask. What? Yeah. yeah. Are you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, excuse me? Yeah, so does, does that ever happen in Lucha Libre where it's the same mask, but just a different wrestler under it? Yeah. Uh, aside I mean, from Sin Cara. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's not even talk about Sin Cara versus Sin Cara. Um, yeah, actually, there's... There's a lot of uh, Huracan Ramirez. That's one that's a very famous mask, but there's actually several of them. Cyclone Ramirez. Um, I was looking into some of this stuff. You know, I haven't followed that angle in a while. And Mascara Sagrada is another one mm-hmm. who's a pretty famous mask, and apparently there's a couple out there. Um, Psicosis has had multiple uh, masks, and then... There's La Parca, yeah. who, you know, there's a La Parca, El Original, and L.A. Park. There's about three or four of them. You had that, was that a feud, or is it someone just trying to take a name? I think it started off as trying to claim the original name, like, oh, I created it, I created it. Mm. So, and then it went into a feud, and then they decided, okay, we're going to use the name, but one's going to be L.A. Park, one's going to be... La Parca Original, and you know, and then you will go into La Parca Negra. And so that's a bit confusing for me for certain wrestlers like Pentag- Pentagon, because like in Lucha Underground, mm-hmm. he was Pentagon Junior, Junior, yeah, right. And I'm like, okay, I guess you are Junior. And then when I see him at other shows, they just call him um, Penta, Penta, yeah. And then I'm like. Okay, but the consistent thing is that I say no fear in Spanish and I make a hand gesture <laughs> like uh, a mob mentality because I get excited. Right. The- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I'm just like, wait, but what is your name? <laughs> Every time. I, I ended up just saying like, oh, it's Penta because mm-hmm. it's like I don't I'm too lazy to say like two other syllables. <laughs> but then again, if you think about it, that's a smart move. Penta versus Pentagon. Yeah. It, it is easier to remember. But then his brother, right? Like Fe- Ray Phoenix. Oh, Lucha Brothers. Yeah. And then it's like, and I'm like, what is your name? <laughs> Can I get like one name? Like, sorry if it's hard for me. It's like, See, I don't know because I know Ray Phoenix in Mexico was also just going by Phoenix itself. Yes. So I don't know if it's a contract thing yeah. where they're saying... <laughs> 
you know. Like you can't use that name when you run this show. Exactly. You could only use Ray Phoenix or you can use Phoenix here. Yes. And then Ray Phoenix somewhere else. else Yeah. Yeah. It's sometimes that, you know, and that's the great thing with uh, AAA nowadays that they're they're doing Lucha Underground and they're doing Impact. So they're all getting together. And I think that's why they have to more of a contract thing than anything. So does New Japan have a deal with AAA? No, or is their deal with a different... It's like CMLL or something, yes. right? Yes, CMLL. Does CMLL stand for? Or Consejo Mundial de Lucha Libre. Oh. What does that mean? What does that mean? So, World Council of Lucha Libre, I guess you could say. And that's where the original Los Ingobernables. Ingobernables, yes. Ingo- I can't know. <laughs> Los Ingobernables. Yes. Just pretend it's Tagalog and then say it. I know. I need to like do that mental translation. And so, like, that faction in Japan is tied to the CMLO? Yes. So, the way it happened was... In 2014, um, Rush, or Rush, as they say in Spanish, he was a face, which is in Lucha is called the Tecnico. That's, oh. you know. So he was the face in the franchise, but he was being booed. Does this sound familiar to you? Like Early Roman 90s Reigns? 90s WWE. <laughs> John Cena. <laughs> like John Cena, like Roman Reigns. <laughs> so eventually he got dubbed the most hated, you know, luchador in, in the company. And around that time, La Sombra was falling off because Volador Jr., who was a uh, rudo at the time, he went over to the technical side, the mm. face. So Rudo is like the, the heel. heel. Yeah, the heel, I'm oh. sorry. Um, so then as this was happening, La Sombra was losing, you know, momentum as a fan favorite. And so while Rush being one of the most hated at the time, they started teaming together along with La Mascara. Oh. And so what ended up happening was during that time, they went, CMLL did a joint venture with uh, New Japan for Wrestling. And uh, they, he, La Sombra ended up uh, teaming up with Naito out there. Oh, so, that's... Mm-hmm. And this was, you know, as Naito was falling off over there in Japan, in Japan too. Yeah. So then, on in the return portion, I guess, Naito went to Mexico, and he was introduced as a member of Los Ingobernables. Oh. When he returned to Japan, that's when Los Ingobernables de, de Japón, Japón started. It's so hard to say, but <laughs> so fun. L-I-J. L-I-J is just easier. That's it? And it's funny, when I first started watching in Japan, I was like a bullet club like of like for life because mm-hmm. I bought into it. And then as things have happened, I'm like, no, I really love L.I.J. Like, Naito is one of my most favorites to watch. But then I also love Chaos because Rainmaker is an amazing giant child of a man (laughs) who's beautiful and should always wear shorts. (laughs) And if anybody's asking me why I say that, just Google Rainmaker Shorts video bar and you will watch a whole crowd <laughs> of people in a bar watching re- the li- last Wrestle Kingdom freak the fuck out <laughs> when he took off his jacket and revealed shorts. <laughs> okay. I mean, I had to look that up. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the best thing in the universe. But, okay, so cool. So CMLL, that's how they got yeah. into with uh, New Japan. And uh, La, La Sombre? La Sombra? Sombra. Yeah. That's Andrade, right? Andrade Sin Almas. Oh. In WWE. And 
you know, it's funny though. And when the, he came over to WWE, he had friction with Rush, the founding member, along you know with La Sombra, and that was the last match that everybody saw at CMLL from him. Mm. So because he was leaving, yeah. Uh, a week later, he announced he was coming over to WWE, make his de- making his debut in NXT. Is it not a thing for Lucha to go to WWE? Like, do they would they would they prefer their talent stay within like the Lucha families? I mean, or do they get it like it's money? Like, go I, get your money, go make your WWE money. I think at the end of the night, it probably all just comes down for money. I mean, there's a lot of wrestlers that, once again, they remove their masks to come to WWE. Mm-hmm. First example, Alberto Del Rio. You know, one of the most popular moves that he did was they gave him the money, he disposed of the mask, and he became El Patron. <laughs> so, oh. um, but the families, the stables that, you know, are loyal to Lucha Libre are there. You know, mm-hmm. the backbone. Um, they're still there. Negro Casas, who his dad was a legendary referee, in my opinion. He's uh, the Earl, uh, Earl, Hebner. Earl Hebner, yeah, the Earl Balon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would have been that would have been perfect. Um, yeah, the Earl Hefner, Mexico. I mean, he's one of those referees that everybody remembers. He was the face referee, the technical, mm. you know, trying to keep everything fair. And his family, Negro Casas Cuarenta, a legend in Lucha, um, San Felino, you might know somebody, uh, Heavy Metal, who actually came over to the WCW days. I remember the name. Okay. Yeah. So he was, he's there. And so families that are going to continue in Lucha Libre, the tradition, they're there. Um, but the newer generation, I think the parents understand, hey, go get your money. Yeah. You know. It's one it's of those hard to like is. say no. Like you probably they made great money for Mexico, mm-hmm. right? I'm sure yeah. they were very comfortable. But if you're gonna get like a U.S. contract for a U.S. promotion, like well, you're making dollars. Like yeah. the end of the day, green is green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like for example, Alberto, he went back to Mexico. He started doing lucha again, but he didn't put the mask back on. So that's. You know, he respected the fact that the mask came off and it's staying off. Yeah. That's um, kayfabe in that, like, he's just going to... You already saw my face. There's no point. In yeah. Back on. Has anyone ever put on a different mask to come oh, back? Yeah. Um, El Macias, you might know him as uh, Mil Muertes, I believe. Yes. Oh, yeah. He's one of those guys, like... <laughs> You know who he is just looking at that body. Yeah, and the tattoo. I love watching Bill Martin in, in the I was like, you're, I feel like I've seen you in other things, but I don't care. <laughs> so Ricky Bandera's perfect example. He had a mask and he was El Messias and then he lost it. Mm-hmm. He became Ricky Bandera's El Messias mm-hmm. and then he put the mask back on for me and so... It, I know that's a U.S. contract with, with Lucha, yeah. but there are wrestlers that end up uh, changing, like, I'm trying to remember, but Psicosis mm-hmm. was actually, if I remember his name correctly, was Winners, who is also, his brother was Super Galo. I don't know if you remember Super yeah. Galo from WCW. WCW yeah. yeah. Well, his brother was Winners. That was the name of the of the other guy. He ended up changing to psychosis, and 
Where is he? He he just Faded. flew to the top. Yeah. No, I mean he was oh. one of the top heels oh. at the time. I didn't know. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm like, oh, faded. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch WCW. I'm sorry. It was a good uh, time for for the cruiserweights because they brought in a lot of luchadors. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where Rey Mysterio first got noticed. Mm. And um, Latino Heat. Well, I mean, he Eddie, Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, Eddie yeah. Guerrero. Yeah. It's interesting, like. Okay, because in the world of WWE, Vince always wants like the big dudes, like mm-hmm. the six foot and over, and like they're stacked and they look like they could, you know, terrorize everybody. But like the fun wrestlers, like yeah. people who are interesting to watch, have always been the cruiserweight, like folks. Like, and it's just interesting. Like I know, and you know, Jericho talks about himself like he's <laughs> the fucking second coming of wrestling, but. Like, he is one of the last dudes that's, like, technically wrestled in, like, all of these promotions. Like, no one else can say, Mm -hmm. I wrestled in, like, Indies in Canada, CMLL or Lucha or whatever it's one, Mm -hmm. New Japan, WCW, NWWE, and ECW. Like, all those things, right? And then now he gets to say he's doing AEW. And I'm like, yo, bro, no one else Mm -hmm. can have that. No yeah, one. I think unless AJ like goes there in a couple of years, he's the closest to Jericho. Because he's been in New Japan. Did he do Lucha? He's done a couple appearances, if I remember correctly, mm. in Malau. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, That's interesting. NWA slash TNA. Yeah. Um, yeah he so did he ROH. Mm-hmm. I think he did PWG, too. He did PWG. Yeah. I've seen that video. Although that's not technically like a... That's an indie, right? Yeah. Like, It's just fascinating. I mean... I like that lucha wrestlers are just still here because mm-hmm. we um, we went to Berto and I went to Bola um, from PWG uh, Battle of Los Angeles. We went to a night; it's like a three day um, event. We went yeah. to one night, mm-hmm. and we saw Bandito yeah. wrestle. Yeah. I forgot who. Oh. I don't remember who. I don't remember yeah. who, but all I can remember is he did this move that legit like. Berto and I both were like, what the fuck did we just watch? Because remember, it was like he did this weird thing where he like. Was it that weird? Like, weird reverse. Like a guy, like there was a dude up on the ropes and then he did something where he like slid on the back and then flipped. Yes. Yeah. And I've I seen was, that move. And me. I was like, I've never seen anybody do that. That's crazy. And then Bandito, I was like, you're th- you're the new dude. Like this guy in two to three years will be the new dude. Yeah. Um, you know, and the and the thing is, Bandido has actually grown pretty quick, and I've seen him, you know, in the last two three years. But from the get go, he was—you could tell—he was going to be special. Yeah, yeah, special, and you know, one of the main main people in yeah. any card that you could see. Mm-hmm. And actually, I don't know if he still is, but I know he was with R.H. for a while. He was doing a tour not so long ago, and so it sounds he, like he's on his way. I think so, and he's gone to NJPW, obviously, and yeah. made it out there. So Yeah, and he did, like, a tour in Australia, which I really yeah. feel like is because he was at PWG. He met all those Australian wrestlers, <laughs> and then they got him to come to <laughs> Australia. I was like, good for you, guy. You know, at a, the international level, the, the thing that surprises me is in um, the English, how much they love Lucha Libre. I mean, they just had a whole Lucha Libre show. Well, unfortunately, we had the passing of Silver King, but... Oh, in, yeah. like, the UK? Yeah, in UK. Oh. Hmm. I didn't know that. You I didn't, didn't know, know that, that either. Yeah. That was... 
that whole uh, appearance by Silver King, it, it was a whole lucha show, an entire lucha show over there. Hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's a lucha academy in England, too. Really? Yeah, that's where I think Osprey trained there. Oh, hmm. that would make sense. Yeah, yeah, London School of Lucha Libre. Yeah. yeah. So that's the the reason for all Osprey's like flippy shit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the questions I had, like we've mentioned, Rey Mysterio, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously he's a legend, made his name in or gotten noticed. I'd say in America, mm-hmm. in WCW, became a massive star in WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, what sets him apart from like other luchadors, like? Talent wise, what was it about Ray that made him the star he is? Like, could they? Because I watch, like I said, I watch you know, Lucha Libre casually, mm-hmm. and I see guys doing these amazing things. I'm like, could any of them have done what he did? I mean, in Lucha, that's the thing. There's a lot of small guys, and they like the craft. And but one of the things that just made him so popular was. I actually got to see what well, maybe if it's not his debut, I got to see maybe match number two or three from him. Mm-hmm. And from the get go, he was special. He was quick. He was, uh, you know, a daredevil, you could say, because he was flying off the ropes, you know, doing course screws and, and all at the age of 17, 18 when he was wrestling in AAA. Yeah. So you could tell he just had something and. He didn't back down. Mm-hmm. Um, two established wrestlers that he, or luchadores that he he tagged with was uh, Volador mm-hmm. and Misterioso. At the point in time, these guys had made up uh, a position for them in in the lucha world. And then you see this kid holding his ground against some, you know, some of the big names that are, you know, on their way to be top card. Mm-hmm. So it was just, Seeing him just be so quick, you know, he wore a flash in WWE and a flash outfit a while back. I think that fits him perfect because at the time he was, I don't know, it was just something else to see. Yeah. You know, um, the thing with Lucha is a lot of it is technical holds. I, you see, yeah, you see the them flying off the ropes and, you know, the beautiful course screws and Urracaranas and everything that you you see them do, but a lot of technical stuff goes into it, and that's what the '80s lucha was about too. Mm. It was a lot of technicalities with the Greco-Roman and mm. you know all that wrestling, uh, and then you see these guys, especially a young kid like Rey Mysterio, just flying off the rope. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it would happen, but not as often as he was doing it. Yeah, I guess that's kind of like one of my questions because, you know, for a casual fan like me, mm-hmm. when I think Lucha Libre, I think of, you know, the high flying mm-hmm. and, you know, these fantastical athletic flips and quick pace matches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just the way like people thought of when people think of ECW, they tend to think of just hardcore matches, right. which was only a small part of what they actually did. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite thing in, in ECW was the technical wrestling. You know, it's, uh, I don't know. It shouldn't be a surprise to me to hear that there's more than just that in Lucha Libre. <laughs> 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 like, not everyone's doing these moves. So, I, you know, I WWE or American Wrestling is totally 
like you stated Elaine earlier today, um, it's more ground and pound, you know, just let's mm. stand in the middle of the ring and duke it out. Mm-hmm. Over here, it's a lot of athleticism, a lot of agility, acrobatics, which, you know, mixed in and it's a dance. It's, you know, so it's, it's one of those things that from the minute they get into the referee hold, which in Spanish is called la toma de referee, mm-hmm. um, it just starts. It's the little things that make it what it is with the, if you look, uh, I, I don't know, I'm trying to figure a way to explain it where um, you're looking, one of the things you see in WWE is constantly punching, you know, kicking, giving mm-hmm. heat, you know, giving the heat to one another. Yeah. In Lucha, you see a lot of, you know, keys and holds and, or not, llaves, sorry, I just, you know, did the little tra- literal translation of it. Llaves and tomas, which mm. is uh, lock and holds. So, I don't know. Sorry, I don't know where I was going with that. I got <laughs> lost in the in the moment. <laughs> um, I guess one question as we're talking about this. Uh, we're all fans of uh, women's wrestling, huge mm-hmm. fans of women's wrestling. Uh, is there, how is women's wrestling in Mexico? Women's wrestling in Mexico is actually good. I remember watching AAA when, since it debuted and they had women on there. Um, there's a wrestler named El Apache who's, his daughter right now is uh, Fabia Apache who's actually one of the main women in Mexico as it is. Mm. Um, it was well received you know, it wasn't, it wasn't exactly, you know, headlining just like here, but it was, I, I believe it was more well-received, more, because you had two, three women matches versus here in the U.S. at the time, you might have had a laundry blaze and maybe one more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? So, in in Mexico, it was more well-received. Yeah. So, Like, did it ever go through the phase that it went through here? The evolution? No, the phase before <laughs> that, <laughs> when it was garbage wrestling, and I always say the the the, the brawn panties matches, and like when the women weren't really t- like wrestlers, they were models. Yeah, like did uh, Mexican wrestling ever fall into that? To my knowledge, not a not that I can remember, but mm. the difference that Lucha has, they had the models that already come with them. Oh, so that's true. Oh, they had like ballets. Yeah, they have ballets mm. that you know. Com- come out dressed as the luchador, you know, whoever it is. If the color scheme is white and blue, that's what they're dressed yeah, as. Um, yeah, I remember uh, this guy, Blue Panther, his his valet always looked like a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. Because he's wearing <laughs> blue and white yeah. or blue and silver? Yeah, blue and blue and white. So mm, I hate it already. <laughs> <laughs> like, but, um, you're saying like women in, in lucha, like Taya Valkyrie, she mm-hmm. trained, right? She yeah. trained in... Um, CMLO or she, AAA? She did actually, I believe she did both, if oh, I remember wow. correctly, because she did Perros del Mal with Hijo de Perro Bayo. And then she wrestled a couple matches in uh, CMLO, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And I love her because, like, she's this white lady from Canada who speaks <laughs> better Spanish than I do because she lived there. And when I read her, like, Instagram posts, when they're, like, full on it all in Spanish, I'm like, yo, that's like. <laughs> That can only be learned when you live there. Yeah. <laughs> and I love I love that she embraced her was is that faction were they heels? 
Yes, because she's heels, a, yes. Because she's a heel. Yeah. Like, she's really good as a heel. And, like, all her merch is, like, Vera Loca. And I'm like, that yeah. literally means crazy white girl. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, you are my favorite. <laughs> I'm scared of you. <laughs> but I still, I still love you. <laughs> yeah, she's one of those wrestlers that I liked on TV, but had a way, like, a, my appreciation for her grew massively after seeing her live mm-hmm. yeah yeah she's so good live mm-hmm. yeah. like amazing she is. it's the same with the uh, thunder rosa uh she was cobra moon on lucha underground okay uh, i saw her wrestle in japan and then got a chance to see her in uh, sabotage in austin for like two straight nights and it's again like when you get to see her like on a more i don't want to say regular basis but and it <clears throat> and in WoW too. Yeah, and we saw her in WoW. Uh, now she's Serpentine. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just amazing live. I kind of wish we'd like she'd get more uh, LA Attention. dates. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so you you have this history with Lucha. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think about training? Actually, I did train for a while. What? Yes. Where did you train? Like, where was it based out of? It was in Costa Mesa. It was actually a warehouse. Um, do they make you run um, the ropes or do like a bajillion squats or some shit like that? Uh, they made us go through hell and back, but you know what? Everything was fun because it, it's something that I wanted to do. And Did you have to do a flat back? Like you take a bump like that? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's does that hurt like hell? The first couple of days it does. Oh, the I'm first couple of <laughs> days? <laughs> well, I mean, imagine. How do you do it? Well, How do you fall on your back? Tuck your chin in and uh What does that mean? Tuck your chin in. So you tuck your chin like into your body and then you no. just fall back? And you just fall back. So why do you tuck your chin in? So you don't uh hurt so you don't hurt yourself in the main main part of the So you don't like neck. your head doesn't like hit the ground. Right. So like it just looks like you fell, but your back gets all of the impact when you, you fall. You fell in style. Oh. <laughs> So how so, many times did you have to do that flat back? Oh, I mean, that was probably, we did about 15 minutes of that. And I mean, it was intense. It oh was maybe, so the way we did it, it was about 10 of us. Each one of us, we all got in a circle. We stepped in the middle of that circle. We faced one side of the ring and did it four times. Oh, so you did the, is the cycle that you get in, you're facing east, you fall. You, you fall. get up, you face south, you fall. Yeah. You get up, you face west, yeah. you fall. Yep. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and you had to do that for 15 minutes? But it felt like it, at least. Oh, it, my and God. That's just the, warm, that's not even half of the warm-up. Wait, that's a warm-up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? You gotta, you gotta, um, see, the thing is with Lucha, they, teach you to uh, let loose of your entire body. Mm -hmm. So you have to tumble forward, backwards. And let me tell you, that is being a fat boy, a fat man, a big guy, whatever you want to call it, that is the worst thing you can learn as you're, you know, trying to... uh, To tumble forward? Yeah. Oh, my God. Forward and backwards. It was painful. (laughs) I remember I would try to do, like, a somersault on my bed, like, after, like, watching, like, wrestling and be Mm -hmm. like want to see if i could do this and i would try and think i'm gonna break my neck <laughs> like i don't think i should be doing this <laughs> but i would do it like 10 more times and i'm like 
I still know that this does not look like what I saw on TV. Yeah, it's what I used to, you know, back in my my uh, b boy days. I could do a suicide, which is basically a, a forward bump. Mm-hmm. And every now and then, I'm like, I, I think I could still do it. It's like not that difficult. I'm sorry. G- did you say b boy days, Berto? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we did. We not cover this on your no. show. No. <laughs> I think we. You said you'd, you had a rap career, but not never a b boy stint. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was <laughs> total sidetracking, but uh, I was always more of like a uh, pop and lock guy. Uh, I was. I wasn't that good on the ground, but the one like acrobatic thing I could do, well, I could do, like I said, a suicide, which is a, a forward bump. Um, I could do a flapjack, which is like the, the kip up where you keep going back and forth. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Uh, those are my most uh, acrobatic moves. So uh, you're saying you can't do a windmill? No. No. <laughs> I just didn't have the, 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 my body wouldn't do that for me. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying if we put you in a ring, you could do that forward. Well, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> I know how to still do it. I don't know if in this advanced age, because I'm 74 years old now, <laughs> I don't know if my brain would let me like complete the move. Oh, like you don't know if your brain, your body will let you complete the move. Like your brain knows. No, I, I think my body's capable of it, but my brain's like, what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> Why are you trying to do this? Uh, nah, that's, let's let's get you in a ring. Soon. Yeah, what is he? You know, isn't Mariachi Loco looking for a third in his bumps and bruises or something like he that? He is. Yeah. There you go, Birdo. Why not someone that he actually trained with? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it, you know, training was fun. And I mean, they had us running. They had us. Where do you run? Like around the, the block or wherever the thing yeah, is? Actually, um, yeah, actually. Yeah. In the parking lot or wherever. So we would, it was uh, a warehouse district kind of. So always a warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> so we were, uh, we would run from the opening of the where the ring was uh-huh. all the way to the street which if you're familiar with costa mesa it's placentia avenue down there oh wow so, okay yeah. i do know that. so we would run down to what is that 17th down there and then run back to yeah it was Ugh. it was wild <laughs> and yeah. like at night or something because like mm, or it was about six uh, six okay. p.m so you know you had so rush hour traffic ca- <laughs> looking at you <laughs> so that's your cardio people must have well how many years ago was this like did people just think you were in a crossfit gym or what is the deal there no i i think people just thought we were a group of crazies just running up and down the street <laughs> I mean, we all just wore regular gym shorts, and some of the guys, mariachi, actually wore wrestling shoes. So, dang, was, to run in your wrestling shoes? Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to be comfortable with the equipment. Oh, to get used equipment. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That so, makes sense. I think I would have just run straight to El Toro Bravo. <laughs> That's actually, yeah. What is El Toro oh, Bravo? You remember the Albertos in Costa Mesa <laughs> that we all went to? Yes. Back in college? It is now an El Toro No, Bravo. in that same uh, plaza, there's a, a Mexican restaurant called El Toro Bravo. Uh-huh. Oh. They have four tacos for five dollars. What? And they're like they're they're less tacos and more miniature burritos. Yeah. They that's have another one in Santa Ana too. Uh, Same thing. That's my favorite kind of taco mm. when it looks like a burrito. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they have the best salsa though. I gotta tell you the red salsa is one of the better is it really yeah. spicy though? Like the red I don't know. I, I mean don't know. I'm a Filipino. I don't have spice. I'm Filipino. I love spice. Yeah. 
you're crazy. <laughs> it's my Spanish blood. <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, yeah. uh, did you have any uh, misconceptions, or was there anything going into training that you thought would be one way and it was completely different? No, because in reality, I was a fan of it. So I didn't really have any expectations or mm. I was I went into it with an open mind where anything could happen. You know, I want to learn this. I I'm going to give it my all. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I actually had any any like, oh, this is totally different from what I see. So, yeah, all I know is there was pain and that was it. <laughs> um. You know, and I think part of the reason is because underneath that mat, you have two by fours running all across. Did the you room. have to build the ring or was uh, that ring just there in the room? Well, in the training area, it was just there. But when we had events, one of the things is you're part of the crew. So you got to so build, build the ring. Yeah. So what goes into building a ring? A lot of manpower, a lot of carrying uh, from the trailer. Like what is the base of it? Is it like... It, I'm always so, curious, like, what does that really entail? <laughs> so the ring gets completely taken apart. Yes. Think about it as your bed, but now you're building a 10 by 10 ring. Okay. So you have heavy steel posts that are the corners. That's okay. your, that's the solid. Then you have uh, metal ties and bands that go underneath. So you have to crank that to make sure that it's sturdy and, you know, oh my you, God. you have the bounce. And then... Oh, so the metal ties are the ropes? Uh, no, th that's oh. that's just underneath. That's, that's just underneath? the frame. Oh, that's just geez. the frame. We haven't even got into the ropes. Oh, uh, <laughs> So then you throw on the four by fours. So you have the floor so you can tie yeah. the ropes. So what you do, you put on the two by fours and all the wood that you're going to be using in that ring. You put it on top. Then you lay the, the mat and the tarp of the actual uh, ring. You tie it up. And then you throw the ropes on there. Now, those ropes are heavy. Yeah. Um, they're made from the steel that they use for uh, elevator. Oh, you had steel. Uh -oh. Yeah. That's like what elevators hold? Yeah. Like, that the, was the ropes? Yeah. So, that's the ropes. And is it, like, um, covered with? It, uh, ours was taped because our actual, the ring we would use in the training facility mm -hmm. was, at one point, WCW's, you know, one of those rings that just travels. So, oh. so they were notorious for having steel cable. Yeah. As the ropes. Yeah. And yeah. that's why it would hurt when you ran the ropes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. Well, I, yeah. I think just regular ropes also would hurt. Would also hurt, <laughs> but yes. So uh. then you do the ropes, and I mean, you have to crank it and make sure that the... There's tension. Yeah. And all that stuff. But also enough give, so when you you are running the ropes, they don't snap as you're... Oh. I mean, it's happened several times where one of the ropes just snaps, or even two or three of them. Ouch. Yeah. And that's scary because it could totally injure a wrestler in the ring yeah. or even no, the yeah. audience member if, it, yeah. like, if they're close enough. So, yeah, it all depends on how close the audience is to the ring. Wow. So, um, so you do the ropes mm -hmm. and then you would and do the buckles? Or well, what? the ring, the ropes and the buckles are all one piece. So oh. you, where you would hook up the corners, you just, you know, create the yeah. tension and everything. And then you just put the pads over that. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, and then you get to do your match and do yeah. the warm-up and all that stuff. And then you break it down. Yeah, and then you break it down at 10 p.m. when you just want to go home because you're, you're tired. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think one of the misconceptions <clears throat> that a uh, like a non fan would have is that there's you know like this layer of foam <laughs> like on the mat <laughs> to break mm-hmm. your fall. Like it's canvas and wood. Yeah, that's such a trip to me. I keep thinking it's like those like. PE mats, you know those vinyl mats that right. they would like lay out in the gym that mm. you would like wrestle on. I think like, oh, that's what the ring has. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's maybe the thickness of the foam. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, because everything that you know, the bounce and everything you get is from the actual wood and the cable, just giving the you give them. Yeah. You know. So when a wrestler is like bouncing off like the the mat, they're selling. That's like that's them like going, oh my god, yeah. like, you know, that's it. Because they wouldn't really bounce; they would just you know hit it and like hurt. Yeah, I remember uh, this. I I felt bad for the guy. Um, you know, he came over from T from TJ. He was a uh, he was training down there, and at one point, this is maybe my second week into it. They're like. You're gonna learn how to do a crossbody, you know, a crossbody mm-hmm. splash. I'm like, okay. So they're like, okay, do it against him. I mean, I was maybe a little bit smaller than I am now, mm-hmm. going up against a guy who was maybe 180. You know, and you had to do the crossbody splash <laughs> on onto him. him. Yeah. So oh. given this is my second week, and you know, they fell from the top rope. No, 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 oh. just a standing one. Oh, I was you know. just like, how did you get <laughs> on the top? Oh, that was. That was just something else. Actually, that Did was easy. Did you ever easy. get to the top? No. Oh. Well, yes and no. Okay. I got to the top, but I never threw myself from the top. Because you were like, <laughs> I like to live. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what I didn't know was, you know, you're supposed to drop your body, you know, little by little, like in sections, control. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, go ahead and do it on him. Bam! All my weight on top of him. I'm like, oh man, what did I do? Yeah. <laughs> so did they not like you, or they did not like him? <laughs> I don't think he liked me after that. <laughs> like, was he an experienced wrestler, or did he? He, was just... um, he had about three, four years in the in the business and in training altogether. Mm-hmm. You know, he was young, still growing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was I was two weeks into this, and they had me do that. Yeah. So it was. But yeah, there is absolutely no padding underneath that that canvas. That sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> like we mentioned, uh, El Mariachi Loco, who's mm-hmm. been on Justin's show. Uh, you can you can tell us how he really is on this show, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> he seemed nice. <laughs> he was. He actually, you know, he was one of the guys that kept telling me, "Hey, you, you can do it. You can make it happen. You you know, you're learning." Um, and he was encouraging about it, and he was always willing to stop what we were doing if he saw, hey, you have a little too much bounce. or, mm-hmm. You know, part of the thing is you have to stand still when you're doing a lot of this stuff. Yeah. You, you know, it's like weightlifting. Don't bounce. Just, you know, get in the position, do what you're going to do, and, you know, do it fluidly. Mm-hmm. So he would stop. Hey, do this, do that. So mm-hmm. Mariachi is a great guy, and... I'm happy for the success, success he's having. Yeah. So. You should be his partner at Bumps and Bruises. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he's got a little cholo. So. Oh, but they're looking for a third. It's okay. They got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, they got CM Punk. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be wearing that mask again. <laughs> Did you see that clip? Or Punk, Which one? Punk showed up at an uh, indie show under a, a, a 
masked or under hood. No, I didn't. Yeah, see he that. literally just came in, GTS somebody, and left. Yeah. What? And yeah. Supposedly the rumors that that's not the first time he's done it. No. And then like he was on some like sports program where he was talking about if he were to ever come back. He said it wouldn't be on TV. It would be at, like some independent wrestling show, and I'd probably have a mask on and be in like my regular clothes. And then it literally was a guy with a mask on in their regular clothes, the exact outfit being people documented that outfit at like a some type of like meet and greet or something. And I'm like, that's you, and that's you, and the promotion that you did this at is your friend. <laughs> so I was like, oh yeah, that's him. So what promotion is this? Somewhere in Chicago? Yeah, or? Like Ace Steels, I think. It was someone that trained him. That's why. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm kind of curious about his mask now. Uh, like if he... You know, with masks, mm-hmm. it's uh, a part of a wrestler's identity. Right. Uh, they're all very distinct. Like mm-hmm. if you saw Rey Mysterio's mask, you know it's his mask. Right. What goes into like picking your mask and designing it? I think part of it is just, you know... It, what do you want to be? A lot of people are heels, mm-hmm. but yet when they take off that mask, they're the nicest people you'll ever meet. You're like, how are you such a dick in this? <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so I think it's, I think the mask goes with whatever persona you want to bring. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to bring out. Um, the mask is like their version of Beyonce's Sasha Fierce. Yeah, there so you go. Like they get to be fierce when they or, put the mask on. Uh, the blue blazer, you know, for Owen Hart or mm-hmm. Mr. America for Hulk Hogan. You <laughs> yes. know? It's, I, it's, I don't think that was ever confirmed. That was <laughs> him. <laughs> <laughs> I think Loco said there was like a box of gimmicks at one point. Like there were just leftover <laughs> gimmicks in a box that you could grab from. <laughs> gimmicks that didn't work for uh, other wrestlers. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? That actually happens a lot in Lucha where mm-hmm. stuff doesn't work for somebody, but yet the next person could flip it into the technical where, you know, he goes face with it and you're, hey, I love it. Mm. I feel like my mask would just have a bunch of burritos on it. (laughs) (laughs) I bet someone's doing that. (laughs) I would want pizzas. Just all pizzas. Oh, there's already a pizza cat, though. Oh, well, then I need to be a fan of that. (laughs) (laughs) We should get that person on the show. Yeah, we should. Hmm. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it just hit me. The Pizza Cat is Shotsky. <laughs> hey, Pizza Cat, if you want to come on this podcast, we're totally welcome to having you on. If you go through with this pizza mask, I'll ask my wife if she wants to train and you guys could tag team. <laughs> she loves pizza, so I'm not. I'm pretty sure she's not <laughs> against that. <laughs> like, it only will work if we get to have pizza. <laughs> We get paid in pizza. <laughs> you know, you could just do that without a mask. <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> That's just called Monday night. <laughs> like, does, um, <laughs> getting back to the mask, does everyone get a mask or is it just depends on your character? I, I think it just depends on you. Um, you know, a lot of people have the dual characters where they could be wrestling in a house show with a mask and then. The next day they come out and you're, you know, you're back the main person who you were that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, I think at the end of the night, it depends on what you want to do, how far you want to take your character. Yeah. <clears throat> or your your gimmick. Yeah. If you had stuck with it, uh, would you have put on a mask or just been yourself? 
honestly, I would have donned a mask. Cool. Just because I, my thing is. What would your name uh, have been? Um, there's a couple of them, but I think the main one would have been the Beast, which is La Bestia. La Bestia. Yeah. Is, um, there, is there one that uses that name? Uh, La Bestia, say, 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 say. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I, I remember that one. Yeah. So it's, I, you know, I was. What is another one? I don't know. I just. I focused on this character so much that mm. one that I just wanted to be a what heel. What was about? What was it about La Bestia? You know, it, it, he was. It was just gonna be like aggressive and you know, king of the the jungle, I guess you could say, mm. or whatever. It was gonna be like like he would be a beast. Yeah, mm. um, a bigger beast than Marshawn Lynch. Let's put it that way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, La Bestia, and then he could wrestle Jungle Boy, and it would be like beast versus beast. Django versus Django. <laughs> Justin was saying there should be was it Jungle Boy versus Jungle Girl or they should team? tag together yeah. like that's uh-huh. his grandma or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's mean. <laughs> She's been she had like an eighteen year like win streak or something. It was oh. crazy. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. How many wins were in that win streak? Not a lot. <laughs> 18 years, 18 wins. <laughs> One a year? One a year, that's sure. That's not bad. I mean, in boxing, that's what it would be, right? It yeah. could be, technically. True, true. Hmm. Now I'm thinking uh, El Marichi Loco, Lil Cholo, and... La Bestia? Yes. <laughs> At Bumps and Bruises, June 29th. That sounds, that sounds good. Breaking right? news on the podcast. <laughs> I'd put what? my money on the other guys if I was in there, to be honest. Wait, what are the names? El Mariachi Loco. Mm-hmm. Little Cholo. Little Cholo. La Bestia Loco Cholo. <laughs> there you go. So it's not La Bestia, but it's the combo all right. of all of them. I think this could work, and it would be an amazing show. Hmm. What if I made my name El El Toro Bravo, just so I could be <laughs> sponsored by the restaurant? <laughs> yeah, like can my name be Albertos? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? I'm Las Los Albertos. <laughs> What's your special power? Three rolled tacos with sour cream and guacamole. <laughs> the best power. <laughs> Also, sometimes fish burrito only available <laughs> on Brookhurst. <laughs> oh man, did you uh, did you uh, train with any other notable names? Actually, uh, yeah, you might know him from WWE, Tosawa. He was he was actually there. Was he, he was, a big boy when he was there? Uh he wasn't big, but he wasn't small. Mm. You know. Because I've seen his pictures from Japan when he was still like a little big boy. Mm-hmm. I think that was a part of a storyline. That he got big? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like he put on a belly mm-hmm. yeah. for the sake of the character. Okay. Wow, that's commitment. And I bet he just wanted to eat. <laughs> kind of like what's his face from uh, It's Always Sunny. It's Always Sunny yeah. where he put on 70 pounds because <laughs> yeah. he just wanted to eat to prove that he could do it. Yeah, he wanted everyone else to do it, but they wouldn't agree to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tosawa... Mariachi, of course. Hijo de Dr. Wagner Jr. Who oh. That's um, he was over here from Mexico, perfecting the craft. Um, How was Tozawa? Did, did he was his English good at the time? Or his English was was solid. Hmm. 
you know. Okay. Um, I, uh, if I remember, his English has improved so yeah. much from what I remember. But he was solid. He, you know, he could communicate. It's always fascinating with like wrestlers who aren't from America. Like that's always the the line, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh well, their English sucks, and I'm like, nah. If you listen, like, it's actually fine yeah. like you just want them to talk too fast and mm-hmm. also talk not talk like regular english they like because the scripted like wrestling english i'm like that's not how r- normal human beings talk if you mm-hmm. just let shinsuke talk i'm pretty sure i'll understand him yeah. or asuka mm-hmm. yeah so that's cool and yeah. tozawa is funny when he's been given the opportunity yeah he's good yeah, he is. Uh, you know, one thing I, I admire about watching Tosawa, it, and I I think this is just a cultural thing, you know, from where he came, was um, he always went 100%. Mm. Whether it was just training or whether it was a match, he always gave it 100%. And he could just stop on the dot and listen to the feedback that they had or <clears throat> give his own feedback for mm. what happened. So that's one thing I admire about that. When you were doing the training, did you notice that, like, most of the time wrestlers are, like, the reputation is that they're pretty, like, kind folks. And they're very, oh, sorry, that they're very, um, like, everybody shakes hands. Like, it's an important deal to, like, you have to shake everyone's hand or something like that. I was that something that was taught in your school? Uh, one of the things that was, that was taught to to me, one of the first things was the respect for the ring. Mm. And that you have to look out for your fellow, uh, you know, your, the, the companion you're in within the ring. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, it's like family. So yeah, the whole having to shake hands and all that wasn't big because you look at everybody like as a family because you're putting your well-being. Your at body's at risk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, um, for example, you hurt somebody's neck. Like it's in a yeah. sense, it might be an accident, but you're gonna feel it's your fault. Yeah. So, about the shaking hands and all that, I don't want to necessarily say they taught us because mm-hmm. it was one of those things that when I showed up, I shook everybody's hands as it was mm, because you wanted to say hi to all your brothers yeah, and sisters in yeah. the school. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So, it's just different respect that the little things like I I've told Berta when we're at bar. It's the little things that I look at from these guys mm. that, to me, like wiping you, your shoes before you walk into them. That is a big thing. I I didn't notice that until we started to go to indie shows. Oh really? Yeah, because like I never paid attention to that detail on TV, mm. and it's also because not a lot of people do it yeah. on TV anymore. And so when I see that, I'm like, oh, that's respect. Yeah. And then, um, <laughs> okay, so this is going to be a gross story, but. Uh, when we went to AWS Rise, I went to the bathroom, mm-hmm. and the bathroom had issues mm-hmm. in that it was overflowing. <laughs> and um, Lufisto Lufis- was in the bathroom with me because there's no bathroom in the green room at mm-hmm. like a at a like a uh, American Legion hall. It's just mm-hmm. the same bathroom, and the toilet overflowed, and she was in the bathroom, and she was wearing her gear. She had her boots on, and I just realized. 
oh, there's a real fucking reason for wiping your feet <laughs> yeah. before you go in there yeah. because you were just in a bathroom where toilet water was everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, ugh. And then I kept thinking like, oh my God, oh my God, there's like pee-pee water. Like, ugh. Mm. But there's a reason. Yeah. And so like, yeah. it makes sense now. And so on like WWE product, I'm like, there are a few, I feel like people who came up in the indies, they still do it. Like yeah. they'll like, wipe their feet mm-hmm. and I'm like okay I get it like those are a little thing yeah. that's a little thing that I've seen I always noticed that uh, William Regal did it yeah mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. and I'm oh, sorry I was going to say and he's one of the masters at what he does you know yeah. he's one of the best in the craft I was just going to say Russell should invest in a, in a shoe covers one of the things I'm a nerd for is bowling and there's there's shoe covers for bowlers <laughs> I'm serious you're not supposed to. It's the same thing. It's the same idea. Your you shoes shouldn't touch other things. Yeah, your dirty shoes shouldn't be on the lanes. It's totally like those jerks in high school basketball who said, like, I got shoes for the basketball gym and my outside shoes. And they'd be like, yo, bro, we're like 15. Who cares? I was one of those guys. Of course you were. Uh, yeah, I remember doing that, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was well, poor. I could only afford one pair of shoes. Well, uh, granted, like, my uh, coaches made... Uh, made it a point that we were our gym shoes only only at the gym mm-hmm. yeah okay because they didn't want to scuff up the, the floor yeah that makes sense yeah. yeah and it's the same thing in in lucha or any kind of wrestling just when you wipe your feet you're yeah. also looking for the little pebbles because just imagine a little pebble on your back or whatever you're oh, so yeah. uncomfortable so when you set up the ring mm-hmm. with the plywood and all that you're nailing that in right no 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 it oh. just it just lays on there oh, freely, just lays but, okay yeah because i'm always thinking mm-hmm. like when you're setting up that ring mm-hmm. like your feet you have to protect your feet because it's like impact yeah. and i keep thinking like one day matt riddle is going to get a nail through his foot because he does everything without shoes. Mm-hmm. But you're saying that the ring doesn't have nails? No, it doesn't. Okay, so maybe maybe he'll just get a giant-ass splinter through the mat. It's, it's so unsafe. He's on the, like, five more seconds of losing a toe. Hmm. It's, I've heard Chris Will say that, you know, because she wrestled barefoot, that she stepped on, like, little pieces of glass. That's mm-hmm. not cool. Yeah. I'm guessing that's not in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> well, depends on what kind of match you have, too. No, she she doesn't do de- death matches. No, but I mean the match before. Oh, as before, well. yeah. It could have had that. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Like I remember, for, I remember watching uh, Doctor Wagner. One of the times he came out here, uh, out in Pico Rivera, one of the matches before was an actual hardcore match, and mm-hmm. here's this guy taking a fluorescent light bulb to somebody's oh, no, head and no, all over you. the ring. So, and then you got to go wrestle in that ring again, mm-hmm. and you're like, ugh, glass. Yep. Gross. <laughs> no thanks. And blood. Don't forget the blood. Uh, blood. And the staph infection. <laughs> uh, so many germs. <laughs> maybe, oh. maybe it's good that I didn't become a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> so we're almost like we're a little bit over an hour. Is there anything else yeah, you want to? I guess just my last question is that. We've mentioned AAA and CMLL. Are there other companies or like smaller companies? I mean, you have Crash Promotion. Um, you have AAA, like you said, CMLL. Um, and Dr. Wagner, they're actually the family, including the mom of, or his ex wife, I guess now would be. Uh, they have their own promotion. Yeah, there's various promotions throughout um, Mexico. And for the for the indies is just 
they could go anywhere. It's kind of like here, you know, mm-hmm. you could go anywhere and it's not. Like, and they signed individual contracts. Like I think Blue Demon right now has a contract to wrestle Dr. Wagner in AAA. Yeah. But he's also doing indie shows. Hmm. So it's, it's not, if you sign with the two major companies, you're there for a while. Yeah. You know, and obviously they're, they're doing stuff with the U.S., which is great, and, you know, overseas. But it's kind of like here. You have small, independent companies everywhere. Yeah. Uh, I guess one question. Uh, so we've talked about LIJ. Like, mm-hmm. uh, how did that relationship between Mexican promotions and Japanese promotions come about? Do you know? I honestly don't know, but I think it's given us some of the greatest things we could see. I yeah. Mean, we got Ultimo, Ultimo Dragon or ultimate dragon yeah one of my favorites um it's given us some of the best wrestling i mean nakamura has been over there Mm -hmm. naito and we got so many dr wagner has a historic career in japan along with silver king once again uh el santo hijo del santo so Mm -hmm. um guess i could just say i'm thankful for that i don't know the history between the two but man for next time (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) <coughs> so I think we're good and we're about it an hour, a little bit over an hour. Yeah. Thank you, Sal, Thank for you doing guys. this, <coughs> for teaching us about lucha, um, and for agreeing to be La Bestia Loco <laughs> Cholo <laughs> for uh, Bumps and Brews with El Mariachi and right. <laughs> Little Cholo. Yeah, we'll tell him you'll be there. Yeah. Um, I'll be your your manager. Uh, no. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just come out. Uh, Popping and locking to the ring. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> uh, Please <yeah>. do that. <laughs> we'll definitely put the clip up every day. Yeah. <laughs> While Elaine and Jenna just eat pizza. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that idea. And we'll get uh, Joy Ryan here for Mike, too. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to touch his dick. Hey, man, for $30, you can touch it. <laughs> that's what he did at a WrestleCon. <laughs> I think that was just for that weekend. Oh, I don't what? think you can just do oh, that now. Damn. Okay, never mind. <laughs> just kidding. Not that I want to touch it, but, you know, because that's weird and kind of creepy and power to the people who paid to do that, but no thanks. <laughs> How much would you take? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that um, brings us to uh, the end of our Lucha Libre episode. Thank you, Sal. Um, we also want to say thank you to our executive producer, JPG, owner of the Geek Say What Network. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Pause for our theme music and Vincent Collier for the PNG artwork. Another special thanks to Jordan Denae, the eco-friendly geek apparel and lifestyle company. You can visit jordandenae.com, that's J-O-R-D-A-N-D-E-N-E, to use the code GEEKSAYWHAT, all one word, for 20% off your next purchase and check out Jordan and Liz on the Sartorial Geek Podcast. Another huge thank you to Justin, our associate producer and sound engineer. What's up? Yeah. Uh, thanks for making sure that we sound great. We're recording at Echo Base, a.k.a. Wayland Productions, an award-winning production company for short films, documentaries, and audio dramas. Please check out our associate producer at Wayland.ws and support the audio and visual arts. This has been the PNG Podcast, tagging in your inner wrestling geek. We are just one part of the Geek Say What Network, so please make sure to check out our sister podcast, there's Ready, Set, Geek, your starting line to geek culture with Alex Catherine. Geek Offensive, bridging the, gra- <laughs> bridging, the grap- bridging the gap between bro and geek with producer Justin. Geek KO, our geek trivia podcast run by Justin Madriaga. 
Diverse Geeks in Focus, focusing on marginalized issues in geek culture with Gemma Vidal. Nerds on a Roll, an actual play podcast building meaningful stories through tabletop gaming with a cast of recurring characters. And Saturday Night Geek, our network's Twitch livestream with Cole Garrison. These are all on their own RSS feed, so make sure to subscribe to each one. And don't forget to visit our website, geeksaywhat.com. Make sure to follow our entire network on social media at geeksaywhat. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at PNG Podcast. Uh, Sal, any uh, plugs or social media they can find you at? Uh, yes, you can find me at El Gordo. That is uh, start with the three L G O R D zero El Gordo at Instagram. And uh, on June 29th, above some bruises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be behind the merch table selling uh, mariachi loco stuff. <laughs> Justin, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Justin Malari and on Twitter at Justin underscore Malari. And as Berto said, uh, on uh, hosting the Geek Offensive. Yes. Elaine. You can find me at on Instagram at ObliviousNerdGRL because I took out the I because I'm a crazy person. Um, and also at at TFAL Podcast because I'm a part of this Filipino American life. A podcast that explores the nuanced experiences of Filipinos in the United States. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Brainiac DMC. That's Brainiac with a K. And after this, you'll probably find me at El Bravo Taco. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what about your uh, b-boy career plug? Anything? Um, yeah, I'll be uh, in my apartment <laughs> <laughs> dancing in the dark. Dancing in the dark. <laughs> Do we have to pay for that? <laughs> I hope not. It's only three seconds. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys later. Peace. Hey, are we going to give a special shout out to Poop Man today or what?